Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Two man car. Jesse and Ruben. Good to, good to be with you this morning, Jesse. Ruben, I'm 10-8, brother, and, uh, you know, I, I feel so rested. Uh, I had a long weekend. We'll talk about it in the yeah. last segment, but uh, yeah, I feel good. Daily mass, daily rosary, uh, good breakfast, daily exercise. What more can you ask for? Yep. You 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 have that peace that only our Lord could provide, Jesse. That's, that's right. It's giving Amen. you rest, yes. Yep. Yeah. Hey, just re- real quick, we just uh, finished, uh, you know, we just had the Super Bowl and uh, the Rams came out victorious and I, I a player that I commented on last week he, uh, he Cooper Cup a Christian uh young man won the Super Bowl MVP of the game they had the winning touchdown wow. catch and uh it was just great to see he says uh that he gives all glory to God and um he said that uh he knew in 2019 when they lost the the Super Bowl uh, or I believe it was 2018, one of those years, uh, they lost to the Patriots and he was, he didn't play cause he had a knee injury, but he said he, he, uh, he knew that, uh, well, he had had like a vision from God that it w- that, that they would be victorious uh, today wow. or that, that day and that he would be the MVP. He didn't share that with anyone, but his Interesting. wife and, uh, but he says that he, he knew that he was, that, uh, I got to play in, in a place where I was validated, not from anything that happened on the field, but because of my worth in God and my father. He says, I think the thing that has taught me is that you will, that you will find that you're most fulfilled. You will find the most joy when you're rooted in your purpose and specifically rooted in his purpose for you. Cup said that to me has been one of the best things about this year. He says, my motivation coming in every single day is to run the race in such a way as to honor God and and the passions and the talents he's given me, he added, when I'm rooted in that, I'm in a great place. I'm able to play freely. Man. That's... Ruben, I, w- I wish uh, there were more vocal athletes like him, both Catholics and Protestants. We need more people because that they have a big footprint with young people. Anybody who's an actor, entertainer, or professional athlete, I mean, even if they bird, people think it's like, wow, you know, that's magisterial. Let's, let's uh, you know. <laughs> you know, so it's good to see that there's more Christians, Catholics, and Protestants coming out there, and are standing up for Jesus in the public square. That warms my heart. Absolutely, yeah. What doesn't warm my heart is uh, what <laughs> Biden is doing to. Uh, to you you to almost said the other word. I ca- I caught you, Ruben. You almost said the other word, <laughs> but we can't do that because it's Catholic radio. Yeah, I know. So, uh, you know, this this is goes along the same lines. Uh, what what they want to do about sending crack pipes to addicts. Is what San Francisco has been doing to the hypes, uh, the heroin addicts up in the, in the Bay Area, giving them, giving them needles and giving them rooms to go inject their uh, their drugs. Uh, it's they've they've completely gone off the rail. These these liberals. I mean, they're they're worse than you can even imagine. And uh, so let's get into this article, Jess. You want to? Yeah. Let, let me mention because you send me you send me a a meme on my text. I'm gonna. Yeah, with with several other people, and it's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, the meme that you sent me, it has uh, unelected Joe Biden. It has a picture of him, and it says he's telling these pipe fitter workers, "I don't work for the pipe fitters, man." <laughs> then underneath, 
It says, I work for the pipe hitters. And, and you got a guy who's, uh, who's, who's hitting a pipe with some dope, probably, probably heroin. Uh, then underneath, you also send me another meme, pretty funny. It says, it's got these big old pipelines, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles long steel pipes. It says, pipelines for Russians. Then underneath, it says, crack pipe for Americans. Yeah. Ruben, you got a sense of humor. That's one thing I like about you. You know, despite everything that's always going on, you always find a point in time throughout the day to, to just inject levity. So I appreciate that, Ruben, because you, you kind of break up the monotony sometimes of life with your levity. So I just yeah. want to just, I want to thank you for that. You got it, man. And that last one was from uh, actually the Mr. Engineer. So Oh, okay. Okay. Take the credit for that one. Got it. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> well, yeah, let's, uh, Let's talk about uh, uh, unelected Joe Biden. Okay. Uh, he's sending crack pipes, his administration, sending crack pipes to drug addicts to advance racial equality. In my opinion, this is a classic example of racism, and I'll tell you why. It says the Biden administration will soon find the distribution of crack pipes to drug addicts in undeserved communities. That, that means the black community for the purpose of advancing racial equality. The Washington Free Beacon reported. So what are the details? The baffling measures included in the Department of Health and Human Services fiscal year 2022 harm reduction, harm reduction program grant program. In the document, the crack pipe plan is described as the dispersion of federal government funds for the slightly more anodyne smoking kits supplies. In my take, well, I think he's kind of partial to his son, mm. who was a crack addict. So he says, "Hey, you know, if this is if this is plague my family, maybe I should be generous and give some federal dollars to other people." Yeah, it says. But a smokes a spokesman for the department recently told the Washington Free Beacon that the grant money will do exactly what the headline says it will do. The distributed kits will provide safer pipes for drug addicts to use when they smoke crack cocaine, crystal meth, or any illicit substance. The spokesman reportedly explained that the supplied pipes will reduce users, chances of becoming infected. Glass pipes often used by addicts can sometimes lead to infection through cuts and sores. The grant program, worth almost $30 million, closed applications on Monday and will begin providing the funds to, non to, to the nonprofit and local government recipients in May. The Free Beacon reported that applicants for the grant money will be prioritized for selection if they promise to use the funds in undeserved communities. What does that mean? <laughs> Including where there are large African-American and LGBTQ plus populations as established under President Joe Biden's executive order on advancing racial equality and support for undeserved. One more, and I'll turn it over to you. With the order issued in January... Biden set in motion a comprehensive approach to advancing equity for all, including people of color and others who have been historically undeserved, marginalized, and adversely affected by persistent poverty and equality. Here's my take. What Biden is doing, this is demeaning, this is condescending, because my question is, how does this lift up black Americans or Hispanics from poverty and a cycle of drug addiction, crime, and incarceration? It doesn't. This will further destroy the black community, the Hispanic community. Nobody grows in virtue when you lower the bar. People only become a worse version of themselves. Ruben? Amen. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he's worried about they're worried about uh, these users infecting themselves through cuts and sores, you know, and now maybe that's what they need so that they learn, you know, there's got some consequences to their good action. point, you know, much like a. Like the people who are promiscuous, you know, behave that promiscuous behavior can lead to STDs, uh, sexual transmitted disease. And uh, so it, it gives them some pause. Well, maybe I, I better stop this so I don't get sick or get, you know, get infected. You don't reward these drug addict, dope fiend, weak minded, effeminate people who give up on life and choose uh, to live a life of sin by incentivizing their nefarious behavior. You know, by giving them the instruments uh, to to ingest illegal substances, the government the government is literally committing a crime, Jesse, because it's a misdemeanor, at least here in California, to su- for supplying narcotic paraphernalia to possess narcotic paraphernalia. That's eleven three sixty four A of the Health and Safety Code, and um, so that the Safety Code says that. Uh, that it makes it illegal to possess drug paraphernalia. This applies to any device, instrument, or paraphernalia used for unlawfully injecting, smoking, or otherwise consuming a controlled substance. And uh, the the penalty for that here in California is um, it's six months in jail or a fine of a thousand dollars. So th- this they're just um, what they're doing is is like you said, lowering the bar. It's uh, it's demeaning to to uh, if I was a, a a black American, I would just be uh, livid, and I'm Shoot. I'm livid. I'm not even yeah, I'm yeah. Hispanic, but uh, I think he's trying to go back, Jesse, uh, because remember when he was uh, in a right frame of mind, he was a little more moderate, and he was back in the day, he he was coming down hard on on crack users and absolutely sending them to prison, making it you know, and there was a there is a. a studies that show that more blacks are arrested for crack cocaine obviously the the powder cocaine is a more of a affluent uh habit you know a lot of people in 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 the media or uh, hollywood and athletes they can afford the the powder cocaine and um you know it's to them that's where they go but like Scarface putting their face on a table and just snorting it off the table, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So crack is, uh, you know, that's where it's, it's, you know, they've changed the uh, substance. They've cooked it and uh, they've made it more. Actually, it's, 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 it's more powerful because it's, it's concentrated. So, Ruben, you you've seen this firsthand. You worked narcotics for many years, so you've seen what what these illegal drugs do to people's lives and marriages and communities. Yeah. Uh, you, you've seen the wasteland. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm sure you're even more upset than most people because you've seen this firsthand working up close and you've seen the, the destruction that this wreaks upon society and people, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we saw one of the most talented uh, female singers in, uh, you know, in my lifetime was uh, Whitney Houston. And she oh, went man. down that, that hitting that crack pipe and uh, what a voice. Yeah. It, it tore up her voice and uh, she just she led to her death. And uh, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Wasted life. You know, she could have done yeah. so much more with uh, the, what, what God had given her. That's right. Jesus 911, two men car. Justin Rubin will be right back. We're going to talk about what were the Satanists talking about? We'll give you their conference schedule up next. Got it. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are the DOJ, Disciples of Jesus, and the DEA denouncing every abomination. Ruben, this weekend I was wearing a cap that said FBI, uh, firm believers in him, Jesus. And, 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 and it's, but it's got big FBI lettering, and so people are saying, oh, the FBI's here. Then they got closer, and then they read, uh, they read <laughs> the rest of the cap. The cops loved it out in Scottsdale. They loved my cap. By the way, let me tell you what happened this weekend. Let's do it, Jess. Let's hear it. I think we're yep. waiting for the play-by-play. Okay. So the Satanic Temple, what they did, they sued the city of Scottsdale for refusing them to, have, uh, to do a, an invocation before the city council meeting. Uh, the city rejected the request. Both the, the mayor and the council member uh, Susan Clapp, they uh, they 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 won against the Temple of Satan in the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. They ruled that the city did not ha- did not engage in unlawful discrimination; that they had the right not to allow anybody to come in and do any invocation. So the Satanists they took revenge, kind of like what they say, sour grapes mm. or or sore losers. So they came to the city of Scottsdale, rented a hotel called the Sawara Hotel, and uh, again they they were they were exercising their <clears throat> their civil liberties because they are Americans, although again malformed Americans, uh, f- totally following the dark side. <laughs> so the Satanists booked the hotel ballroom for an entire weekend. I think it held five hundred people. I don't know. How, they said I didn't walk in there. I wasn't allowed to go in. There was a lot of police security. They even hired their own security, the Satanists. But uh, they said that the ballroom was full. But you, we could see they did have, did they have the conf, they had the conference schedule posted on the internet. So I want to go through some of the talks that they had. Then I'm going to give you a blow by blow what happened when I got there and everything. First of all, I'm going to say that they're all woke. Why do I say that all the satanic conference people attendees are woke? Because on the website, it says that the attendees had to aware surgical N95 or KN95 masks are required at all times. Also, second thing, proof of vaccination will be required to enter both the conference and the satanic marketplace. Because they had a table set up outside in Old uh, old Town Scottsdale mm. where they were selling their wares. So let me go through some of the talks here and make some comments here. It started on Friday. They had one one presentation that was called the Satanic Temple TV, or how to bootstrap your own Satanic TV network. Why do you think they're coming into the media? Very simple. Who who is the biggest uh, users of media? Young people. These Satanists are going to target or are targeting our youth through the media, without a doubt. Another talk they had was the history of Satan across cultures. That probably would have been pretty interesting. That's the only talk I would have wanted to hear. Uh, they had another talk called Satanic Jeopardy, where, uh, again, they're trying to appear harmless and like a mainstream American with like a game show, Satanic Jeopardy. Then at 7 p.m. on Friday, uh, Zandora LeVay, who's the daughter of, uh, oh, of, or, 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 of Anton LeVay, the founder of the Church of Satan, he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, uh, I've, I've read accounts of, from, on Satanic websites that when he was dying, Anton LeVay... Uh, he was he was uh, screaming in terror. No, no. Uh, he was he was completely in terror as he was dying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But uh, so they had a talk at 7 p.m. on Friday called uh, 
the Impurity Ball by Zandora LeVay. Now, again, she's the offspring. Uh, I think she's the granddaughter of the founder of the Church of Satan. So the Impurity Ball, it's again, it's the opposite of what Catholics do around the country. Catholic, especially homeschooling families and uh, a lot of traditional Catholics, they have what's called Purity Balls, mm. where, where they celebrate teen chastity and purity. So this was basically a hit or uh, or an inversion of what right. Catholics do around the country. Mocking them. Yes. On Saturday, their Pope was there, Lucian Greaves, uh, who we pray for his conversion in Jesus' name. He gave the keynote speech. Uh, and right after him, you had a talk called Devil's Food with the Satanic Chef, Adam Dodge. And uh, I'm only I'm only guessing that this is probably like the spirit cooking done by the female uh, high priest Satanist Marina Abramovic. She does this in Hollywood and in New York with the actors. She invites them to this big big old halls, and she does what's called spirit cooking, which wow. is very which is very. What happens? What she does, Marina Abramovic, they make they make exact cakes that look like her naked, laying on her back. It looks exactly like her, but it's a cake. Uh, and, and it's her naked on her back. And you have actors and, and actresses and entertainers and the famous people, you know, the billionaires. They start, you know, cutting the cake with a, with a knife and a fork and they start eating a Marina Abramovic. And what she does, she inserts in every one of those life-size cakes of her naked there's parts of her body, a nail, spit, <sighs> urine, something. So there's something of her body inside these this called spirit cooking. So I'm guessing that's probably what they were teaching there on that talk, devil's food. And that's why, Reuben, it's very important as Catholics. We have this tradition of praying grace before meals. And uh, many exorcists have told me that one of the reasons that we pray grace before meals, not only because the Bible tells us to bless your food, Paul tells Timothy that, but also when we pray for or say grace before meals in public, we have no idea who cooked our food. And so a Catholic blessing over over the food in public, in and out, or wherever you're at, Denny's, what it does, it removes a curse. Wow. And Yeah, so most people don't know that. Catholic prayers remove the curse. So always say grace before meals, especially when you're in a public place. Next, Ruben, they had a talk called... Hey, Jess, on, just on that, go ahead, on that go ahead. point, uh, it's the same thing that... Uh, the Father uh, Chad Ripperger was doing when people were at the Spiritual Warfare Conference, they, they were giving them gifts when they came into the room. Well, first of all, Kyle would unwrap them, make sure it's it's legit, you know, and and then that was the first defense. And then, uh, well, actually, uh, I'm sorry, Father Chad would bless it and he'd remove any curses, anything that was uh, there to harm <laughs> yeah, them. And then, exactly. then Kyle opens it and then they, you know, they look at it. But uh yeah, same, on the same same premise. Say, absolutely. Yeah, you witnessed it. You saw it in action. And by the way, Bruno, you you know you had you got a very special treat because very few people get to spend that much time with Father Ripperger for three days straight, and and you were like a shadow for three days basically. Well, that was a ble- it was a blessing. Yeah. Uh, the next talk, Ruben, was is called unbowed and unfettered the Scottsdale invocation case. So they had their lawyer talking about how to how to get the satanic temple to be able to using the using our system of liberty and our rights to get into cities to do the invocations the next talk was called public records for satan using foia to fight satanic panic from gray faction to scottsdale so again they're trying to use a legal arm attorneys to try to shoehorn their way into 
into city hall uh, invocations, into state capital invocations, and ultimately, Ruben, into public schools. They're going after our kids. That'll be the last thing I'll say. The next talk they had was called Abortion as a Religious Right. I've been saying this for years. Uh, abortion is their sacrament, and the black mass is their inversion of the, and mockery of the Catholic mass. Everything that they do is an inversion of Catholicism. They don't invert uh, Protestantism, uh, Judaism, Islam. They know which is the one true faith. It's the Catholic Church. On Sunday, the talks that jump out at me that I want to mention are, they had three talks which show you where they're, where they're trekking, where they're headed, where the direction. Raising children in a satanic household. The next talk was After School Satan Club. Wow. The next one was Satanic Book Club, How to Talk About Books You Haven't Read But Should. Then they had their closing ceremony at 115. I'll talk about that in the third and fourth segment. So, Ruben, notice that the lectures, the last three lectures to end their conference, it tells us everything that they intend on doing. They're not worried about Ruben Nava or Jess Romero. They know we're set in our ways. They know we're old dudes rounding third base. Yeah, they, you know, you know who they're going after, Ruben? Our kids and grandkids. More, more for in our age, more our grandkids. Yeah, that's who they're going after. They make no bones about it. When you look at the schedule of talks, uh, and, and you can see, Ruben, this is right along with the globalists and 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 the liberals and progressives. You know, uh, always trying to sexualize young children to expose our young children to sexual issues at a very early age, even in kindergarten. To break their innocence. And so this is where they're going to, Ruben. They know if they can pervert a young child and encourage them to start exploring sex at a young age, they're going to hook them, Ruben, into Satanism. Yeah. Jesse, what was uh, what the ones you did see coming in and out of the of the hotel, were, what was the age, uh, more or less? What was the... the, the average age of... I would, I would say the average age was like from 20 to 40. Okay. They were all they were all relatively young. Yeah, from twenty to forty, I'd say the median late twenties, early thirties, top heavy. Would it be fair to say that there weren't any conservatives among them? Uh, <laughs> that would be a fair statement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's just coming from the other party, basically. Yeah. Yeah, Ruben. But uh, I know, and this is why Catholics needed to be there to take a public space because. Catholics seem to forget that Jesus, and here's where Protestants, they have they have a, a blind area. Protestants say, Jesus Christ, he's king of my heart. He's Lord of my heart. That's true. Mm-hmm. He's also Lord of the hearts of Catholics as well. But he's more than that. Because the social kingship of Christ teaches that Jesus is king of all nations. Mm. What does that mean? That means Every square inch on planet Earth belongs to Jesus because he died for everybody's sins on planet Earth and shed his blood. So he has rights and legal claims to everything on planet Earth. It's all his. And so if you're going to have evil, this type of evil out there in public in Scottsdale at a hotel, Catholics have to take public space and go out there and we have to proclaim the social kingship of Christ. He's not only king of Jesse Romero's heart and Anita Romero's heart. He's also king of Scottsdale. And if you don't know that, we're here to remind you. That's why it was important for us to be there. That's right. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord on the earth above and below. Amen.
Yeah. Yeah, Ruben. So uh, on the next two segments, I'll go into detail as when I got off the car got, and I'll tell you what I saw. But uh, yeah, what did you think about their 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 con? I mean, their conference says it all. Yeah. What they're what they're up to, right? It is uh, that that it's really disturbing uh, to see how they're coming after our children, and and we're seeing it in you know just in society that they're that's where they're coming after us, our kids in the public schools and stuff. So they're on the same page. These people, the Satanists and and uh, are the liberal of uh, absolutely, Ruben. Yeah. And and I, I'll tell you why I can tell you that is that. The Satanists, they've annexed themselves to the Democrat Party. Yeah. And why do I say that? Have you seen um, any time the Democrats are pushing some type of pro-abortion legislation? Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you got pro-abortion and Democrats at a state capitol. Who's right next to them, Ruben, with signs that say, Hail Satan? Yeah. The Satanists are. Exactly. Right next to them. Right. 100%. All right. We come back. You're going to hear from Jesse about uh, the things that were going on over there, and, um, and and some of the some of the the heroes. Tell us about the priest who showed up. Yep. There, Jess, all right. Yep. Be right back. Jesus nine one one. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency. Dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. We are the LASD, Love and Sacrifice Daily, so that we can leave all sin destroyed. Amen. Amen. Ruben, you want a debriefing, and we're uh, we're used to that term, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So let me give the audience a debriefing of what happened this weekend. About uh, 300 Catholics met on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that would be February 11th through the 13th in front of the Saguaro Hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was peaceful. It was uh, very orderly. It kind of reminds me of the 300 men from the book of Judges, chapter 7, who defeated 15,000 Midianites. The fact that we were about 300 Catholics, I don't think was a coincidence. I think it was a God incidence. Just my opinion. Okay. Uh, a friend of the show, Ruben, flew out from Denver, Colorado to come and join his Father Dave Nix. Nice. Yeah, he came and joined, uh, uh, you know, the 300 Catholics out here, uh, lay Catholics, mm-hmm. in, in, praying, in praying supplication and prayers of petition. Here's what we prayed. We prayed all four mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel, the chaplet of the Holy Face of Jesus, the chaplet of the Divine Mercy. In between, we play, we prayed beautiful litanies, uh, the litanies uh, of, our, to our, of Our Lady of Loretto, uh, the litanies uh, to Saint Joseph, the litanies of the Blood of Jesus, the litanies of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. In between, in between all the decades, we sang Latin hymns, beautiful Latin hymns. Uh, we also had young young men from America Needs Fatima that were playing the bagpipes as we're singing in Latin in between. You probably see them on the, on the internet, Ruben. American East Fatima TFP. They all came out. All of them came out. Uh, about a dozen of them. Uh, they wear suits and ties, mm. and they got the Irish bagpipes. Yeah. Uh, and so, but there, were, the, the truth be told, there were also hundreds of Satanists, witches, anti-Catholic Protestants, mm. friendly Protestants, 
atheists, secular humanists, all around the marketplace, all around where we were at. I I felt a little bit like St. Paul must have felt in the in, in Acts chapter 19, verse 29. When he was walking into the city of Ephesus, he says this, quote, the city was filled with much confusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that verse just jumped out at me as I'm walking in and I'm seeing, Ruben, this marketplace of confusion. You know, Paul says the city was filled with much confusion when he walked into Ephesus. And, and, he, and also when I walked in, Ruben, Mm. And you could just, you know, you could also sense the presence of evil because there's a lot of Satanists coming into the hotel. I could also identify in a sense with St. Paul when he walked into Athens in Acts chapter 17, verse 16. He says, he says that when he walked into Athens, he says this, my spirit was provoked within me as I saw that the city was full of idols. In other words, Reuben, I felt hurt for God. That everybody there, Reuben, in a given point in time, was willed by God. Their creation was willed by God. Probably born into a Catholic or Protestant family through baptism. And in some way, shape, or form, Reuben, now, they, they're, now they're chasing idols. So, let me go back to us. So, we Catholics, we went in, into, uh, in, in front of the hotel. It was called the Indian School Road. Huge street. A huge street. I mean, hunt, thousands of cars passed by in those nine hours that we were there. And I'll tell you about that. So we were there basically offering prayers of reparation for the evil lectures and the evil actions of the Satanists that were, that were occurring inside the ballroom. We were also there to offer God prayers for the Satanists to receive the grace of conversion and salvation. And finally, we were also there to offer God prayers of protection for the city of Scottsdale. Uh, because the Bible is very clear. The Bible says in Matthew 5, uh, verse 44, love your enemies and pray for those who curse you. And, and, uh, and so what is love? Well, St. Thomas says that love is to will the good of another. That's exactly why we were there. Yeah. Why? What is, it that we, what is it that we will and desire for the Satanists? The salvation of their souls, which is the supreme law of the Roman Catholic Church, the salvation of souls. I was trying to remind people, because, you know, some people were kind of nervous and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was reminding people, I had a bullhorn, and I'm telling people, we're here for one reason, uh, to pray for the salvation of their souls. I was saying in the bullhorn, let's make our church shine by conducting ourselves as faithful sons and daughters of God as we step into the preach and as we step into the public square. And uh, just remember that God is with us and Our Lady is with us. So... We processed from the Scottsdale Civic Center, which was across the street, the parking lot, where the statue of Our Lady of Fatima on a platform. It was being held by four to six men in suits. It looked, Ruben, like a modern-day Ark of the Covenant procession in, in the city of Scottsdale. There's 300 people behind. Mm-hmm. We're marching across the street in front of the hotel. We were all praying hymns in Latin as we're processing with Our Lady. Um. There was also other Catholics that had images of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, Many people had large crucifixes. And our prayers of petition and supplication, to me, as as we're walking walking in and marching in and singing in Latin, it seemed to have a calming effect with the people that were around us. Yeah, even the Satanists. They were just looking at us. and And they were silent as they're watching us. I would say that 
99% of the people that passed by in their cars gave us the thumbs up sign or waved hi and honked their car in approval. And also, I have to take, tip my hat off to the, the Scottsdale Police Department. They were, they were very accommodating to us. Uh, they, we, felt, we felt very safe. They had, a, they had hired overtime, Ruben, and they had a lot of uh, cops in uniform Good. all around the area. In fact, they even had their, they had their terrorism unit there. And so it was, talk about protection. These guys, these guys really went out of their way. And, and not only that, I'd kind of established a relationship with them for the last two months. And they were very appreciative that I gave them a heads up, called the city hall, talked to the mayor's secretary, talked to the community relations sergeant. So I had, I'd established a relationship with them for the last two months. So they were, they were kind of partial to us saying, these Catholics, they've been playing by the rules. Now, there were some friendly Protestants that joined us in prayer. <laughs> they pray. They were praying with us, Ruben. They hailed everything. Really? Did you have yeah. like prayer sheets so they knew what? To... Yes, yeah. absolutely. We handed out like a, th- a uh, oh, wow. five hundred prayers. Everybody had a prayer sheet, and so we're all praying in unison. It was it was order orderly. It was uniform. It was beautiful because there was order. People were not like mm. saying one thing and other people were saying something else. Like you see, you know, kind of Protestants do when when they have a gathering in a street corner. Mm-hmm. They're just shouting. You know, pass or talking past each other. Now, there were other Protestants who elected to pray far away from us in order not to disturb us, and, and vice versa. We're glad that they did. There are some Protestants in two de- separate corners because, you know, Ruben, Protestants have a different prayer, uh, um, you know, model or, or mode of prayer right. than we do. It's all extemporaneous, right? Yeah, a lot of it. But what I did for them, and I did contact a lot of the, the pastors, I. I I said, go to the website, azriseupfaithful.com, azriseupfaithful.com, and I put a link there. I said, uh, prayers for Protestant Christians at the prayer rally. So I put a lot of psalms, the word, uh, you know, the psalms that were, what you would call the, the psalms that were praying for the conversion of our enemy. We're praying God to, to stop our enemy. I put in a lot of prayers from the book of Exodus, Daniel, the type of prayers where, you know, you pray, God, you know, you know, uh, thwart my enemy and, and open his eyes and Lord protect us from our enemies, those type of prayers. So I had Protestants had a sheet that I composed and a lot of them printed it out and they were praying it like an opposite ends of the street. So that was good. There was at least two Protestant pastors that complimented us, you know, came up to me and he says, Jess, my name is pastor. So-and-so mm-hmm. he says, I want to compliment you for you. You Catholics are organized you're disciplined. You guys have physical and spiritual order, and you guys have this peaceful witnesses. They were Reuben. They were taken aback. I'm telling you. That's awesome. I, I, I said this one guy's. I, I think that one guy's going to become Catholic. We'll look at him, and he. I think he said to me, "Oh, by the way, I'm reading Rome, Sweet Home." This one pastor told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and these two Protestant pastors, they also told me that they were sad because they tried to get a lot of Protestant denominations in Scottsdale and in Cave Creek and the surrounding cities, they tried to organize them to pray on this very critical weekend. And he says, we couldn't do it. We couldn't agree on what to pray, where to stand, when, when to pray. He says, and you Catholics, he says, you guys put us to shame. Now, now, as far as the Catholics that I was, that were coming up to me, I wasn't soliciting this information because I was busy praying. Right. A lot of the Catholics that were there came from all over the diocese. Some came from out of town. They told me it was an incredible spiritual experience 
They said it was like a high-level intensive retreat. Now, I even spent two separate occasions, Ruben, talking and evangelizing two different Satanists that wanted to know what Catholics really believe. Not what, not what Satanists think we believe. What we, so I spent about 15 to 20 minutes with two Satanists, and they, they, they were all ears just listening. Wow. They're saying, wow, and that, I've never heard it put that way. That, there's some logic to that. Oh, there's that, that sounds reasonable. Mm. I also shared the faith with, again, these two ecumenical-minded Protestant pastors that were asking me questions about Catholicism as well. They were very, very open. I was also able to share my faith with four atheists, because there was also atheists there. That thought they, were, they were walking around, they had signs that said, one fairy tale, uh, uh, you know, speaking against another fairy tale, or witnessing it, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. Basically, Satanists are fairy tales, Christians are fairy tales, none of it's true. And then some of them yelling, God is dead, you know, some of these atheists. So I had a chance to talk to uh, atheists as well, and just uh, to four of them, they had a camera, they're recording me. And they're saying, I never heard, I never knew that most, that 80% of scientists are believers in the God of the Bible. I said, yeah, here's my email. I'll give you all the data. So I I had their ear, Ruben. uh, And and I also was able to share my faith with Scottsdale policemen. They were asking me questions. Hey, you're the one that organizes. I told them, yeah, I'm a retired LA deputy sheriff. We're hitting it off. Uh Yeah, I used to be in the Catholic church. I don't go anywhere. I was able to also share my faith with Scottsdale cop. I gave them my business card, and they're saying, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to Mass this Sunday. Nice, Jess. Great job. Outstanding, Jess. Kudos to you. Let's, uh, we'll pick it up on the other side. I think we still want to hear more. Jesus 911. Stay tuned. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And Jesse, what you were saying back uh, in uh, at some point. Ruben, check your phone. I just sent you a picture of me talking to a Satanist for about 15 to 20 minutes. It's on your iPhone. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. hey, but, uh, you know, you were talking about how, uh, about love and forgiveness and and it just reminded me of that quote by G.K. Chesterton. He said, to love means loving the unlovable. To forgive means pardoning the unpardonable. Faith means believing the unbelievable. And hope means hoping when everything seems hopeless. So, G.K. Chesterton, it. yeah. Amen. So, Ruben, a lot of the attendees that came that came to the prayer rally, they told me, they said, some of the comments were, this is like the highest level retreat I've ever been to. This was so spiritual. This prayer rally was totally Catholic. This event makes me even more proud to be Catholic. Uh, Everybody conducted themselves like followers of Jesus Christ. The feedback was so positive from everybody who attended. Uh, And I I thank God uh, to the fact that, again, I think on a human level, I struck a good relationship with the Scottsdale Police Department and City Hall. Uh, We had a Catholic priest that came with us uh, praying praying for us the whole time. Father Dave Nix was in the background. He goes, I want to be in the background. I just want to pray for you, all of you, uh, you know, lay Catholics, as you're doing your prayers of reparation for them. So he was praying for us. So it's like, uh, you know, we had air support. Yeah, you know? yes, yeah. spiritual protection. Exactly. Yeah, we had, yeah. And so, so I'm driving home on Sunday after the rally with my wife and, and Father Dave. So I get a phone call 
uh, from Kyle Clement, who you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, yes, uh, Kyle Clement's the case manager and facilitator for for Father Ripperger, who's an exorcist. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle Clement, uh, he goes, Jess, I want to hear all about it. Tell me about it. And Father Ripperger wants to know all about it as well. Uh, and he also told me, Kyle Clement told me that Father Ripperger offered the holy sacrifice of the Mass for the Catholics in Scottsdale, who were at the prayer rally in reparation for the evil also that was occurring at the Satanic Conference and for our protection as well. He said he offered the Holy Mass Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for us. Uh, so I told Kyle to thank Father Ripperger from the bottom of my heart, and that was a great consolation to Anita and myself. Uh, yeah. and, and, and again, that's the reason our, our rally was so successful, because literally, Ruben, there were thousands and thousands of lay Catholics, priests, nuns. Uh, Ruben, I got emails and, and texts from 21 <laughs> cloistered orders. In wow. 21 cloistered orders of nuns that said, we're praying for you, Jesse, for the success, for reparation, for your protection, for the conversion of the Satanists uh, from Friday to Saturday, uh, Sunday. I, I had at least five different orders of Catholic priests, I won't mention them on the radio, that text me and emailed me saying our entire order is praying for what's happening this weekend and for reparation and for your protection. When Anita and me were driving home, she goes, man, I just feel so good. I feel so relaxed. I feel so protected. I said, me too. We, we could feel, Ruben, the, the, the incoming from all over the country just flying into Arizona. The Catholic prayers, the masses, the holy hours, the prayers of reparation, the prayers of protection. Everybody who attended the prayer rally told me and my wife personally that this weekend was life-changing. It was a moving, powerful experience and it was a weekend of incredible grace that they're never going to forget. Now, here's another point that's worth mentioning. The Scottsdale Police Department, they told me uh, that, uh, that when the Satanists were leaving on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m., that's when their conference finished. They were leaving from the hotel. Yeah. They, they said that a lot of them seemed to be arguing with each other. Uh, a lot of them seemed to be having heated debates with each other. Again, like kind of like Protestants, they can't agree on, you know, satanic theology and so, and he said, the, the police told me that, that when they're entering their cars and that when they're, they're leaving their hotel, they were not smiling. They were not happy. They were visibly upset. They were frowning. Ruben, you know, when you go to a conference or, or a concert or something, you come out, you're pumped. You're all pumped up. You're smiling from ear to ear. Yeah. You're slapping people, high five, fist pumping. The police says the, uh, they had three days and they came out like, like they were all sucking lemons. They, they, none of them were happy. Wow. Now, I didn't tell the police this, but I know this from Kyle Clement and Dan Schneider, that our prayers, and I knew this was going to happen. That's why it was important for us to be there. Mm-hmm. Our prayers from the sidewalk, what it did, because, again, we were intentionally praying for their conversion and salvation. Our prayers, as we're projecting them into the conference like arrows, because that's what the Bible calls prayer in the, in the Psalms 18 and 64, calls them like arrows that you that you project. So as we're intentionally praying for them, uh, Kyle and Dan Schneider told me it, what's going to happen. If you guys are in a state of grace and you guys are praying prayers of supplication and petition, especially to Our Lady, it's going to disrupt. It's going to block. It's going to impede their satanic curses and hexes and incantations. It's going to undermine. It's going to impair their computer equipment, their speakers, their sound system. It's gonna, They're, they're going to get headaches. Uh, nice. it, they're, they're, it's going to cause them to argue I could tell you, Ruben, everything Kyle Clements and Dan Schneider told me, uh, what would happen 
by praying these prayers for a sustained amount of time, the police told me it happened. Now, I didn't tell the police this because, again, yeah. that's, you know, there's too much information. There's no need for them to happen. No, no. Yeah. But uh, here's my conclusion. My conclusion to all of this is that uh, as Catholics, Jesus Christ died for their sins. And so absolutely, what is it that we desire for them? Well, St. Thomas says we will and desire what's best for them, which is their salvation. That's why we were there. Uh, I don't think they're going to stop here, Ruben. I think they're going to take this conference from city to city. But in the future, I think that I've kind of put the template now on that website, azriseoffaithful.com, on what you do if you know that the temple of Satan is coming to your city to do a satanic consecration of the city, what you start preparing for two months, who to contact, the city hall, the police department, see where you're going to stand and pray, mm-hmm. uh, you know, find out the city ordinances about microphones and speakers. So everything's there. How to prepare, especially nine days before, uh, living in a state of grace, what does that mean? The proper prayers that you should pray based on uh, the, the instructors at Libra Christu. Uh, I've put a template there, Ruben, that people could oh, copy that's awesome. for the second to the second coming of Christ. Yeah. So obviously you uh, you did your homework and you uh, you consulted those in the know and like. Well, Ruben, you've met my instructors. You yeah. met all three of them. The guys that I've been listen, learning since 2013. You met all three of them four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, that's good information, Jess. And and I could imagine, like you said, you you normally you'd see people coming out all pumped up out of a conference like we came out of the, right. the warfare conference you know? right and in in unity there'd be some you know unison in there uh and and for them to to do that to be why because there's no peace you know satan's never going to give you peace so of course. <laughs> so they're 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 going to be miserable you know deep down they're 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 miserable um there's no way there's i can't see there being any joy following uh you know that that evil. The, That's the, right. Mentiroso. Yeah, exactly. Ruben. And there's one Bible verse that kind of like God's not going to allow you to see right now the uh, the prayer, the, the, the fruit that your that your that your prayers may bear. God's not going to do that uh, because it's like Andy Garcia said in the movie for greater glory. He says men fire bullets, but God decides where they land. Let me take his words and I'm going to uh, I'm going to apply them to this case. Yes. Catholics fire prayers, God decides where and when yes. they land. And so, who knows? Maybe 30 years from now, one of these high-level Satanists, Reuben, is in his deathbed. He's dying. And guess what? 30 years ago, uh, 300 Catholics stood for nine hours praying for his conversion. Mm-hmm. He, the seeds of, of grace were dropped in his soul, and it, his heart was still hardened. Right. His intellect was darkened, but 30 years later, those seeds continue to grow and grow and grow. And he's about to die, and he has a St. Dismas moment. Mm-hmm. And he ends up opening his heart, accepting Christ, and dying in a state of grace. He'll spend most probably all, all eternity in purgatory, uh, but nonetheless, one day he'll be in heaven. Why? Because 300 Catholics went out there on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in faith and prayed for their conversion, prayed for the salvation of their souls. That's why St. Mother Teresa says, I am called to be faithful, not to be successful. 
Mm-hmm. In other words, like Andy Garcia says, I'm going to take his words. Yep. We're called to fire off prayers and let God decide what he does with them, where they land, and when they land. Right. Our job is just to pray those prayers and project them into the cosmos and do so in a state of grace. Awesome. Yeah, Jesse, well, you had prayers coming from L.A. over here. We, we I know, Ruben. I know. You know, you're a praying man, bro. I, I, you got my back. I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's amazing, uh, Jesse. That was just a that's a powerful weekend for Jesus. That's a good testimony. That uh, well, if they come to L.A., Ruben, guess who's going to be there side by side with you guys? Awesome. You know, I'm going to be there. That's great. That's awesome. Because they're not going to stop there. Is what I'm saying. I think I think they said, okay, Scottsdale's not a soft target. We didn't do too good here. Scratch this city off. Uh, let's go somewhere else. They're going to try to find a soft target, Ruben, and they didn't find it in Scottsdale. Yeah, the days of uh, doing things covertly and you know under the radar are over. They're out in the open. They're they're trying to be mainstream, and uh, you know it's it's sad, but uh, it's also because of this, how weak our church is, how weak you know both Catholics and Protestants. Uh, we've walked away from our one true love, and and it it shows in the way when our church is weak. The nation is weak, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's an old saying, Ruben. It goes, uh, where, I forget, uh, G.K. Chesterton, one of these great minds, Malcolm Muggridge, said that uh, when Christianity starts diminishing, uh, it opens the vacuum to the occult. Anywhere you see Christianity diminishing in presence and in power, that opens the door, it opens the vacuum to the occult. And that's what we're seeing right now, Ruben. But I think there's enough of us in the country, enough Catholics that uh, that are not going to let this happen on our watch. Yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That rosary is a powerful, a powerful tool, powerful weapon. So, I, I know we uh, have we're listening. Our listeners are um, pretty uh, sound, and uh, we're listening. There are. The choir, you know, we're preaching to the choir with them. I know. Uh, but Ruben, the choir needs it too, bro. The, yeah. the the choir needs to be encouraged because, you know, sometimes you say, man, is it worth it? You know, we got nobody supporting us on the top. No, the choir, I believe they need to be, they need to be uh, empowered and encouraged. That's right. Yeah, it's, Jesus uh, said it was going to be worth it. So uh, it's going to be a difficult road, but um, you know what? He's given us everything we need. Through the sacraments and through uh, you know all the uh, all the things at our disposal, the priesthood. Jesus nine one one. You've been listening to uh, Jesse giving us a recount, play by play, blow by blow uh, of what happened this past weekend. So let's go out there and continue our prayer life. And uh, up next is Gary Mishuda, the hands-on apologetics at the Midwest Command Center. We are ten seven. We are out. In the- out. Watch.